on June 19, 1865, enslaved people in Texas were going about what was considered a typical day, picking cotton, producing sugar, and working as they normally would. But everything changed when General Gordon Granger of the Union Army came into Galveston and gave the following proclamation, quote, the people of Texas are informed that, in accordance with a proclamation from the executive of the United States, slaves are free. This involves an absolute equality of personal rights and rights of property between former masters and slaves, and the connection heretofore existing between them becomes that between employer and hired labor. End quote. This was two months after the Civil War ended, and two and a half years after the Emancipation Proclamation was issued meaning enslaved people in Texas were living without freedom, far beyond what was promised by the end of the war. For this reason, Juneteenth, which is also known as Emancipation Day, not only commemorates the ending of slavery in the U.S., but serves to acknowledge the ongoing oppression that Black people continuously face in this country under false promises of freedom and equality. In recent years, the holiday has experienced a resurgence in interest and newfound meaning particularly following nationwide protests over police brutality and the killings of Black Americans, including George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and Ahmaud Arbery. Just this week, Congress passed a bill to make Juneteenth a federal holiday, with President Biden expected to sign it. Representative Sheila Jackson Lee, Democrat of Texas and a lead sponsor of the legislation, said on the House floor, quote, I introduced this to make Juneteenth a federal holiday to commemorate the end of chattel slavery, America's original sin, and to bring about celebration, crushing racial divide down to a point of unity. End quote. More than a dozen Republicans opposed the measure, with Representative Matt Rosendale of Montana saying the bill was an effort by the quote, left to quote, make Americans feel bad and convince them that our country is evil. End quote. However, many states have been recognizing Juneteenth for decades. 47, and the District of Columbia, and proponents from both parties say it was long overdue to make it a federal holiday. Locally, the Juneteenth Santa Barbara chapter has been putting on celebrations since 2018, which originally featured home-cooked meals and Black-centered programming. However, due to COVID-19, the group was forced to shift the celebration online in 2020, compiling a series of videos of Black community members and their experiences into an online exhibit that attracted over 13,000 viewers. This year, Juneteenth SB and Healing Justice SB, a local advocacy group aspiring to uplift all Black African Americans that involves many of the same leaders as Juneteenth SB, are inviting the community at large to a hybrid of virtual and in-person celebrations to honor Juneteenth. To find out more about this weekend's festivities and the importance of Juneteenth, I sat down with Jordan Killebrew, one of the co-founders of Juneteenth Santa Barbara. Well, Jordan, thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thank you for having us. And we're just so excited to be continue to celebrate Black liberation um, in the form of Juneteenth Santa Barbara. So this Saturday, June 19th, marks Juneteenth, an annual holiday commemorating the end of slavery in the United States. I actually spoke with you last year around this time to speak about the importance yeah. of the holiday at the height of the pandemic and amidst global protests in support of Black Lives Matter. Obviously, a lot has transpired over the course of the past year. But Juneteenth has remained a source of positivity through the celebration of Black art, activism, and joy. So before we get into the history of Juneteenth, I was wondering if you wanted to outline the plans that Juneteenth SB has for this year's celebration. So will the festivities be entirely virtual or will there be any in-person events? 
Absolutely. So thank you um, for this opportunity again. And, you know, we have this grand idea of having a huge block party in the street, especially down in State Street as it's closed um, to cars. Um, but however, with COVID-19 and as it continues to go on, um, our event producers, Letitia Forney-Rush um, and Mariah Jones-Biscara had to again pivot. Um, and we have this beautiful hybrid that has been created. Um, so there is an in-person space that is known as Melanin, um, which is a black artist gallery, which is open at 833 State Street. And that's open all of June um, from Wednesdays to Sundays at 12 p.m. to 7 p.m. So that's like a physical space. I went to a soft opening there and it's all local black artists and it's just beautiful work. And I believe the first time that has ever happened on State Street um, for our, our black artists, our local black artists. Um, so there's that physical space that is a, a place where people, if they wanna be a part can go and, and support. Um, we also have virtual events. So um, this Friday on June 18th, uh, we'll have a conversation with United Hope and Youth Learning Tools. Um, the following day, actual Juneteenth, um, we're gonna have bring back our Chocolate Baby Storytime. Uh, it was really popular during Black History Month and we've done it at Juneteenth events in the past where we read to our, our little ones, um, inclusive books, uh, inclusive books for BIPOC youth, um, for LGBTQ youth, and it's just a wonderful time. And so that will be virtual for all of our little, little babies to enjoy. From 12 to 4 p.m., there'll be a Black artisan market. So we're actually gonna open up our gallery um, to have Black artisans there to experience the uh, and understand the tradesmanship and the craft of our Black um, artisans. And then the main event is at 5.30, and this will be virtual. Um, and it will include, of course, a welcome from our founders, who I am one, uh, uh, Simone Ruskamp is another, and then Shiani Dree is another, um, and then, you know, we'll, we'll do our Black National Anthem. We'll talk about our libations. We will acknowledge this land because this is Chumash land, not ours, um, and a bunch of other performances. And it's just gonna be such a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful event. I'm so grateful for this team. As I mentioned our event producers. I have to mention Healing Justice, who has been alongside of us and works with us. And we are Healing Justice, <laughs> basically, it's all the same people. Um, but uh, they were very integral in getting the $35,000 from the city of Santa Barbara to help this funding. Um, but I, I love this team because we are intentional. We think through everything that we do and including the artwork, which is by a local black artist, um, Shantae. Uh, they are amazing, by the way. So I would, uh, I, those are our events. We hope that folks can make it out. And if you can't make it out, tune in virtually. Awesome. And so you mentioned last year's celebration, uh, which was a virtual event highlighting Black artists and storytellers that had over 13,000 viewers. How does this year's celebration differ from last year? Were there any major takeaways that you had that influenced how you decided to run this celebration? Absolutely. So, you know, last year's event was uh, right <laughs> right on the cusp of COVID. So we were also planning to have an in-person event. And really, you know, my thing is ever since our first uh, um, um, Juneteenth four years ago, we would make food. We would, I would, I would make mac and cheese and like pans upon pans of mac and cheese and other people would, like Chiani would bring pies and we would, we would eat together because that's so integral to our black African-American culture. So 
it was hard. It was hard to pivot away from that because that that touch and that being a community, there's something beautiful when Black folks gather um, and sacred and joyous. And so having to pivot to online was, all right, let's think this through. And so what we thought was, you know, we are always asked where are the black people in our town or what, how can we get black people in leadership positions or where are they? And so we've always wanted to uplift our artists. We've always wanted to uplift our black community members because there's so many experts here um, in our town. And so we decided let's create a platform. And so we asked folks to send in videos of what they do, what brings them joy. What does Juneteenth mean to you? And we had over 40 videos and we were overwhelmed with our website reaching 13,000 hits um, for people to view them and see that this is a resource. And now it's still on our website where people can go and see, you know, uh, all the beautiful, vibrant Black individuals and their contributions to our community. So what's different this year and still in COVID is that we do have that gallery space which that gallery space is so important. Um, I would say, what was it, yesterday? There was over 80 people came to visit that gallery space. And I, I have to drive home that, you know, we at Healing Justice and at Juneteenth really are looking for a Black African-American Cultural Resource Center, not only to house our Black artisans work or any type of, you know, genealogy, um, oral history project, but also to provide programs. And what we're seeing with Melanin, um, that's at A333 State Street, is there is a need, there is a want for programs. There is a want for a Black African-American Cultural Resource Center. So we're gonna try and see how we can extend that. How can we make A33 State Street that spot for the time being until we're able to fundraise and get our own space um, for a Black African-American Cultural Resource Center. So that's my one tangent there. But the difference in this year is there will be some in person, but um, what will be different is there'll be a, 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 some virtual events that will be on our homepage and people just need to go to JuneteenthSB.org and we'll guide you to how you can view all these events. Well, that sounds wonderful and I'm really looking forward to attending and I'm sure our listeners are as well. So now looking at the history of Juneteenth, I was wondering if you could take us back to June 19th, 1865. So this was two months after the Civil War ended and two and a half years after the Emancipation Proclamation that President Lincoln issued on January 1st, 1863. So what happened that day and what did it represent in the fight for Black liberation? Uh, you know, that, that's, a, that's an amazing question to um, put myself like to take a deep breath, put myself um, in that moment. Um, I can only imagine. Um, but after 400 years, some odd years of slavery, um, to then be told you are free, I imagine the sheer joy of our ancestors. Um, what, what has been told and the stories that have been passed down from generation is that there was a celebration at just dropping, just imagine dropping everything and just being overjoyed with the promise of being free. Now I say promise because we know that there was still lots of, lots of hurdles and there still continues to be lots of hurdles for free liberation of black people and African-American people. Um, but to be in that moment, I, I, I mentioned that, you know, Black joy is sacred, 
And it's important to note that. And so I just imagine that there was so much joy, happiness, um, if anything, a weight lifted off their shoulders. And um, I just hope that we as a community can honor them in our celebration and honor all the work of our ancestors who have continued to trust us and continue to push us uh, to be better and to fight for true black liberation. So following nationwide protests last year over police brutality and the killings of black Americans, including George Floyd, Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Arbery, Juneteenth experienced a resurgence in national attention. What new meaning or significance, if at all, has the holiday taken on over the past year in your perspective? Well, I, I think if we can start as a country nationally having honest conversations, I think this is a, start, a step. It, there's been several steps in the past, but this is a step to actually say, let's have a reckoning with our past. Let's actually acknowledge that a true Independence Day would be Juneteenth. Because, you know, 4th of July and not to knock 4th of July, that would, you know, we're celebrating independence, but you still have this, you know, hypocrisy of, well, we're free, but we still have slaves and they don't count. And that is, that is unacceptable. So I, I, I've seen a Juneteenth um, be uplifted and I am grateful for that. Um, I am hopeful that we can stay true to this holiday and it doesn't just become another drinking holiday, if you will, um, but that it stays true to its roots. And I say that because I believe the Senate just passed this week, the federal, um, uh, for it to be a federal holiday. Um, and what we've seen with federal holidays is it, it kind of gets watered down, but I'm, I, am, I am fervent in the belief that at least in Juneteenth Santa Barbara, we will stay true to continuing to uplift our Black community and keep it local, and while also celebrating and honoring our ancestors, elders, and allies before us. There's also a growing national conversation about the lack of education about Juneteenth in schools. Mm. Uh, what does mm. education mm. surrounding the holiday currently look like, and how can it be improved both locally and on a nationwide level? I mean, Ashley, so <laughs> I didn't fully understand or know about Juneteenth until um, my late 20s. Um, my father-in-law, who uh, I didn't identifies as white, he, he just learned about it like two years ago. So there is clearly gaps in what we are sharing and what we are talking about ourselves uh, and learning about ourselves in our history books. So I am, I am very, very supportive of having more education and a, a true truth telling in our history books, um, because what we're telling is maybe half of the story. And so I'm hoping that, that can, education can be that key component where we start really, really diving deep into our truths, into the, uh, like the honesty of our lands, our truths of our lands, our ancestors, what they went through and what they fought for. Uh, because what we're being, what we're being told in, and educated with is doing us all a disservice. Um, and it's unacceptable, it's unacceptable. And beyond the Juneteenth celebration itself, what efforts is Juneteenth SB and maybe uh, Healing Justice SB if you wanna speak on that as well, um, what efforts are these groups doing locally to spread awareness and information about the holiday and its significance? Well, you know, the work 
of Juneteenth and healing justice does not happen in isolation. We have uh, a, what I like to say, a black renaissance, at least in Santa Barbara, but I think it's nationally, of understanding um, our work, our value, our commitments and contributions to, to everything that we do. We did a Black is Beautiful, um, Healing Justice did a Black is Beautiful uh, talent showcase, which was a national showcase that highlighted different artists, but also we talked about local contributions of Black African-American elders and ancestors that helped start, you know, the Eastside Center, that helped start College Hospital. There have been huge impacts that have been made by our Black community. And so for me, what I see is we are continuing that tradition of having, you know, healing justice. And I'll say their names, Simone Ruskamp, uh, Crystal Seagart Farmer, uh, Leticia Forney Rush, uh, Mariah Jones Biscara, these are my siblings. These are these are my my friends, mentor friends in, in the fight to bring uh, equity, to bring forth um, the truth, and to bring forth honesty so that we can be a better, better city, better county, better nation overall. Um, this, I'm going on a preaching. <laughs> <laughs> tangent but but the the importance of when when they come to city council or where they come to the county is yes this is uplifting black folks but it's also going to uplift and bring awareness to everyone else and so in all that that we we do healing justice breadth of work is vast um it includes juneteenth but you know, this past year, this past fall, helping to create the healing space at UCSB, which uh, is through the Hosford Clinic, and helping to actually have Black mental health practitioners to support Black community members. Uh, last year was a stressful year. There was so much going on, but what we found was that there was a huge gap in Black mental health practitioners, and so that's when we stepped in and said, let's connect the dots, let's connect the resources, and make that happen. And you know, from the May 31st rally uh, at the Santa Barbara um, uh, courthouse uh, to marching to the police department and to the demands set forth to the county and the city that were all unanimously passed. We then see the effects of a community formation commission that was sparked by Healing Justice and several years of work prior to that, Simone Ruskamp, um, to, <laughs> to have civilian oversight of our police department because what what was acknowledged and what was made aware was the police essentially are not helping our most vulnerable in the way that serves the community. And so how do we bring and bridge that conversation? So in many ways, all of the work is connected, but there are different programs and different efforts that are aligned. And those are just a few. Um, to help bring people forward um, and bring awareness that, you know, we used to have a vibrant Black community in Santa Barbara in the 70s. There was, there was lots more Black folks. What happened? How did they get pushed out? I mean, cost of living, absolutely. But, and we're seeing that with different other BIPOC um, groups and, and folks that identify that are being pushed out. And so, we have to speak up, we have to stand out, we have to, to work towards a complete understanding of what is going on 
And can we find solutions to retain all of our vibrant communities? Um, and so I say all that to say is the work is intertwined. We're always promoting each other and always supporting each other. Um, and that goes even to Santa Barbara Young Black Professionals or Martin Luther King Jr. Committee or Endowment for Youth Committee, because we are all working towards an understanding that we, we deserve to be here and we deserve our programs and we, we're gonna talk about it. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna show up. Um, and I think we are showing up, especially with a physical space, Melanin at 833 State Street. And those are pretty much all the questions I have for you, but I wanted to ask you one final kind of umbrella question. Um, what does Juneteenth mean to you personally? Oh man, um, I'm gonna get emotional. Here we go. <laughs> uh, Juneteenth is is amazing to me because it is it. You know, you're in you. Our ancestors were enslaved, and they were not given opportunities. Um, you are told what you're going to do. This is what you're going to do, and there is no options. Juneteenth provides options. They provide options for me to be as black, as queer as possible and to go into a career um, that I, I love and want to do and, and allows me that freedom to go do that. I am forever in gratitude for that freedom. Um, and I, I, I could not, and it could not be kept away from celebrating this holiday, helping to organize this holiday, um, working with our event producers, Mariah and Leticia um, and our, our founders, fellow founders. And so it is, the importance is that it provides opportunities for us to thrive and for us to be in our uh, comfortable and on our own skin. Now, granted, there are, there are hurdles, as I mentioned, um, that we continue to push through. And we will continue to push through them. Um, but I am forever grateful for this holiday. I'm forever grateful for my ancestors, our, our, our elders and, and, and um, allies that have come before us. Because again, this is not the first iteration of Juneteenth. This has happened before. But I'm, I am very, very, very <laughs> much going to make sure that this is a fixture of our of our of our culture, of our community, of our festivals um, and events, because it's it's so integral to our history. Well, thank you. Is there anything else you'd like to add both about Juneteenth or about uh, the specific upcoming celebration in Santa Barbara? Absolutely. I hope you all can engage with us um, at JuneteenthSB.org. Um, that's where you can find all the events, the history, our community news. I also would like to let people know that you can shop. Um, we have Juneteenth swag that was done by the amazing Shantae. They are amazing, Shantae Glover. Um, and all the artwork is there. There's t-shirts, there's stickers, there's hats, and it's a fundraiser for us. So please, please go shop. Um, and support. And I also just have to say, please donate. <laughs> this work, like, it costs money. And to show your engagement is also to show that you can put your money where, where your engagement is. And so we would highly appreciate uh, a donation from any and everyone. 
um, please go to JuneteenthSB.org and uh, donate now. Wonderful. Um, well, thank you again so much, Jordan. I'm really looking forward to the celebration this weekend, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you so much, Ashley, and thank you for covering Juneteenth, uh, Santa Barbara. Thank you to Jordan Killebrew for speaking with me about Juneteenth SB's upcoming celebration and the importance of commemorating this holiday. For more information and links to upcoming events, head to JuneteenthSB.org. To support Juneteenth SB through a donation, head to www.sbfoundation.org slash give now slash Juneteenth SB. With KCSB News, I'm Ashley Rush.